Solstice. Yeah. Hey everybody, you were listening to this episode of the Presequential Podcast, a bonus episode because you were a tier two patron. We appreciate your support. Uh, the past handful of bonus episodes have been really fun. Uh, we've been going around the table with topics that the other two people don't know what we're about to hear. And they are very, very random topics. What did we talk? We talked about a space chimp. Yeah. Uh, and a train chimp. Train chimp. A train chimp. Mm-hmm. Uh, Blaine, yeah. what was yours that week? Adolf and Rudolph Dossler. That's right. Yeah. The story of uh, Puma and Adidas where mm-hmm. Russ discovered that. Sure did. <laughs> he was wearing. <laughs> oh, now he's wearing a Puma hat. Now he's hat. wearing Puma hat. And, uh, and I covered the Beach Boys. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's, uh, it's a potpourri. And uh, we're glad that you're along for the ride. And uh, in those, we did each episode individually. I think correct. with this one, we're going to fuse these three stories into one episode. Yeah. So, as a reminder, we're still feeling out and seeing uh, what the next thing may be. That's right. Maybe That's right. this one we'll put uh, as a patron, but maybe we'll just throw it on the actual feed. Yeah. So Gin Pop can let us know what they think. What are you guys drinking? Miller Lite. Miller, Miller Lite. Lite. You've got the Pachanga. I've got the, uh, yeah, the Sun King Pachanga. Nice little Beverly's local. in here just staring at shadows on the wall. Show dog. Mm-hmm. All right, we're diving in. And okay. uh, who wants to go first? I will. All right, Blaine, take it away. Right. Lieutenant General Sir Adrian Paul Gislin Carton DeWart <laughs> was born on May 5th, 1880. Uh, from here on out, we're just going to call him DeWart. Uh, he's mostly known as uh Adrian DeWart, or Adrian Carton DeWart. I just wanted to get his full title in there. All right. In his memoirs, and this is going to be important um, for as we like learn about the story, DeWart wrote, Governments may think and say as they like, but force cannot be eliminated, and it is the only real and unanswerable power. We are told that the pen is mightier than the sword, but I know which of these weapons I would choose. So here's your little baseline. Okay. Um, hint, it's not the pen. Oh. <laughs> okay. It's a twist. Yeah. So he was the oldest son of Leon Constant Gislain Carton de Wiart. It's W I A R T. Okay. Um, Gislain. Yeah. Gis G H I S L A I N. Uh, he was widely Wait, believed. I know that yeah. last name from something. Yeah. yeah Isn't that, it? Uh, what's his name's wife? Uh, or his girlfriend. Um, girlfriend. Was that her first name or her last name? Uh, the uh, Jeffrey Epstein. Jeffrey Epstein. Jeffrey Epstein. Yeah. Gislain. Is it spelled the same? G H I S L A I N and L A I N. Yeah, yeah. So most people of the time thought that he was the illegitimate son of King Leopold II of the Belgians, who was the king of Belgium. He also ruled the Congo uh, with forced labor. So not a great guy. Okay. The story that they told was that his mother had died when he was six. Um, what actually happened was there was they got divorced. His parents got divorced, and they wanted to keep it under wraps. Remember, this is 1885, 1886. Yeah. So they killed his mother? Nope. Oh. She got remarried. Like She was oh. fine. What year was this? 1885? 1886. All right. Huh. So when he was six, he moved with his father to Cairo, uh, Egypt, not Illinois. And <laughs> Thank you for that. Yeah. That would have so, been something. Yeah. yeah. So his father could practice at Egypt's mixed courts. I don't know what that means. Hmm. Um, Is that like where you play tennis with yeah, like men and women? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, 
Uh, so they divorced. So his mother remarried uh, Demosthenes Gregory Cuppa. I later think you're making 18... up all these names. D-M- Sounds Greek. D-E-M-O-S-T-H-E-N-E-S. Yes, that's definitely Greek. It's for sure Greek. I just like that his last name's Cuppa, like he was the Kappa. inventor of Kappa. the Cuppa tea. Yeah. Um, Kappa. So his father was a lawyer and the director of the Cairo Electric Railways and Heliopolis Oasis Company. Wow. What? Mm-hmm. Wait, electric railways? Yeah. In 1886? Mm-hmm. In Egypt. All right. Okay. Yeah. Do you, do you want me to dive into the electric rail? That's kind of burying the lead if we're getting stuck on that. We can right. see what I'm it was kind about. Of stuck on it. Yeah. Uh, stuck yeah, it was the original. You know what? They probably. Uh, <laughs> Just wanted to sound cool. Like, it doesn't yeah. say anything in yeah. here about it actually being electric. I can't really uh, <laughs> picture Cairo. It's, it's electric. What do you mean dun, you can't? Dun, there's dun, pyramids. There's a big, but like... But that's all that I picture. But cat, I assume cats. Cairo is actually a big city. Yeah. And it has... Yeah. There's a big cat electric statue. Electric railways. Huh. Yeah. So... Okay. Is it? Maybe. His dad's super well-connected in the Egyptian government. Dewart learns Arabic. Okay. Uh, so he goes, his stepmom sends him to the Roman Catholic Oratory School. Uh, and then he went to, are you guys, you guys, what kind of school? Oratory? Catholic Oratory? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so for college, he went to Balliol College in Oxford. Um, I don't know if you're up on Instagram, but that's a big thing with dogs right now. Yeah. Uh, but then, so he leaves. Sardinus. Yeah, it's spelled different. It's B A L L I O L. So he leaves school to join the British Army. Remember, he's Belgian. Um, for the Second Boer War, uh, not the first, which was a conflict between the British Empire and the two Boer republics, which were the South African Republic. And the Orange Free State. What? <laughs> yep. What is the Orange Free State? It's free. Oh, I'm just Florida. Florida. <laughs> <laughs> Not Weird. sure. Okay, so these are it's, wars fought about like colonial Africa? Boers. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. It's the second one, by the yeah. way. It's the second Boer War. Uh, <laughs> I don't know what that is. Thank you. Is that, that like native South Africans? Orange? Orange Free State? The Orange Free State was an independent Boer sovereign republic under British. How do you say Boer? Or Boer. How do you spell you Bauer. just said it. Bauer? Boer? B-O-E-R. But it's I think the Orange Boer? Free State now is Fanta. I bet it's I bet it's Boer. <laughs> Boer. All right. Boer. Boer. So he joins the British Army under a false name. That, are you, were you about to say Sudetenland? No. It looks like you were Sudanese? about to say Sudetenland. No, okay. there's right. a word. Uh, Sovereign Republic under British, and here's the word, S-U-Z-E-R-A-I-N-T-Y, Suzeranty. Suzer... Yeah. Suzeranty, isn't it? (laughs) (laughs) All right. So he... We'll look into that later. He joins the British Army. What was his fake name? Trooper Carton. Oh, man. There's so many names. I don't know where this is going at all. And he told them he was 25 years old. Okay. How old was, was he? Uh, it was 1899, so he would have been 19. Way right. too old for Catholic oratory school. Yeah. So, well, he was in college. Yeah. Remember, he well, was in Belial. But why would you lie about that? You're already over 18. Well, also, like, he's not British. Oh, yeah. So <laughs> British, Belgian. Belgian. It's fine. So... Just want to stab somebody with a pen. He gets wounded in the stomach and groin. 
in South Africa. Oh, and pulled, the, a, pulled a Franklin Pierce, did he? So he ends up getting sent home. Okay. Dad, furious okay. that his son abandons his studies, allows him to stay in the army. After that, he gained this like really strong desire to like become physically fit. And this is you know 1900, so he was running and jogging, and he played sports on a regular basis. Some of his friends were quoted, or one of his friends was quoted as saying, "A delightful character, and must hold the world record for foul language." Is this Teddy Roosevelt's dad? No. All right. Foul language. Okay. 1908. All he right. marries Countess Frederic Maria Caroline Henriette oh Rosa God. Sabrina Franzin- Franziska Fugger von Babenhausen. <laughs> Fugger von Babenhausen. I'm going to say that one again. Countess Frederic Maria Caroline Henriette Rosa Sabina Franziska Fugger von Babenhausen. I counted at least eight first names. <laughs> I got nine. I man. love how many names there are. Like, I Why feel is there like, so many names? I don't know, man. I don't know. I don't know. I, I hope their children have 14 names. <laughs> Do you like add a name every generation? Maybe. I don't know. Uh, Von Babenhausen. <laughs> so World War One breaks out. All right. Already a veteran of the Boer War. Of <laughs> the Orange the Free State. And, yeah. yeah. The second He'd already World defeated the oh, Orange the Free State. Second. Uh, so he starts. He goes to British Somalia, where low-level war is underway against the followers of a dervish leader, Mohammed bin Abdullah, called the Mad Mullah by the British. Mad Mullah. Oh, that's wow. a good name. That is a good nickname. When the enemy attacks, uh, Shimber like, Barris. Brit- British Somalia just made me think of like, I am the captain now. <laughs> <laughs> You know, Britain said that a lot. Yeah, they did. Um, <laughs> they did. Okay, so sorry. There. Uh, so there enemy a- attacks his fort at Chimber Barris. Um, he gets shot twice in the face, losing an eye and a portion of his ear. Good. So night. we now have injuries to the stomach, groin, the groin, and the face. Uh, he so he's lost an eye. He has a patch. Cool. Uh, nice. 1915. He gets on a streamer for France. Takes part in the fighting on the Western Front. Without What's a an streamer? Eye, a, a boat. Right. Uh, commanding, he commanded three infantry battalions and a brigade. He was wounded seven more times in the war, losing his left hand in 1915 <laughs> and pulling off his fingers when a doctor declined to remove them. What? Wait, what? <laughs> what? The doctor said no, and he's like, he was like, it, nope, I've got to fight. You can't just pull your fingers off. Yeah, they're like connected uh, to tendons. I would disagree with you, as would uh, DeWert. Man. <laughs> pulled his fingers off. I don't know if I could. I don't know if I could pull my own fingers. What? He was shot through the skull and ankle at the Battle of the Somme. Somme. Shot through the hip at the Battle of Passchendaele. Through the leg. What is it? Passchendaele. Yeah. <laughs> shot through the leg at Cambrai and through the ear, the one that was still there at Arras. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> I feel like these are like made up towns in like a yeah. Tolkien well, you novel. know, the Somme. Yeah, Battle of the Somme, the, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he goes to a nursing home to recover from his injuries. Yeah. Three, what does he have left? Three days before the end of World War One, he's given command of a brigade. He has no eye. He is missing an ear. He's missing a hand. <laughs> he, he's, he he's been off. shot through the skull, the ankle, the hip, the leg, the ear, the stomach and the groin. He's given <laughs> a brigade. 
A soldier has a first-hand account of the description of his arrival. Cold shivers went down the back of everyone in the brigade, for he had an unsurpassed record as a fire-eater, missing no chance of throwing the men under his command into whatever fighting happened to be going. Bullock recalls how the battalion looked very much worse for wear when they paraded for the brigadier general's inspection. He arrived on a lively cob with his hat tilted at a wreckish angle, and a shade over the place where one of his eyes had been. He was also (laughs) missing two limbs and had 11 wound stripes. Bullock, the first man in line for inspection, notes that Carton DeWart, despite only having one eye, ordered him to get his bootlace changed. Wow. (laughs) What are wound stripes? So, my guess is wound stripes for them would be like a purple heart for us. Oh, okay. Yeah. So. That's he crazy. pulled his fingers off. <laughs> so during <laughs> during the so World War One ends, jumping into another war, oh the Czech Polish border conflict. Of course, yeah. He becomes close to the Pol- Polish leader. After he gets into an airplane crash, he's he's briefly in Lithuanian captivity. <laughs> And then he goes back to England to report to the Secretary of State for War, Winston Churchill. Wow. This is like a Mad Lib. Yeah. <laughs> so he's back again in August of 1920 when the Red Army is at the gates of Warsaw. Okay. So he's out on an observation train. They get attacked by a group of Red Cavalry, and he fights them off with his revolver from the footplate of the uh, train the at one train. point falling on the track and reboarding. <laughs> With wow. what? Yeah. <laughs> Give me your hand. Your other hand. <laughs> so Throw early. Fingers. So fast forward a little bit. World War Two. Early in World War Two. <laughs> Let this guy retire. <laughs> He's in Norway for a while, and then Northern Ireland wow. for a defense against an invasion because they told him he was too old to command a division. He travels uh, in a bomber to Belgrade, Serbia, to negotiate with the Yugoslavian government. After refueling in Malta, the aircraft leaves for Cairo with enemy Terry to the north and south. Okay, he's heading kind of back home, yeah. right? Cairo. Both engines fail <laughs> off the coast of Libya, wow. and the plane crash lands in the sea. He was knocked unconscious, but the cold water woke him up. Wow. When the plane broke up and sank, he and the rest aboard were Swum to shore. Okay. And then they were captured by the Italians. <laughs> Dude. Okay. I don't know how you're what, swimming. What limbs? Okay. What limbs did he have left? He had one arm. Uh-huh. But no hand. Of course. And his legs. He had both legs. Yeah. Of course. How else would you swim? I don't know. In a circle. <laughs> <laughs> so. Man. Okay. Wall P-O-W. He's committed to escaping. He made five attempts, including seven months tunneling. This guy, how old was he at this point? Wow. So uh, 1940, probably? 1886. 1880. No, he was born in 1880, so 20. He's 60. 60 years he old. makes five attempts to escape as a POW at 60. Wow. He's tunneled for, what did I say, seven months? Jeez. One time, he evades capture for eight days dis- disguised as an Italian peasant. He was in northern Italy, could not speak Italian, and was 62-year-olds with an eye patch, one empty sleeve, multiple injuries, and scars. And they still didn't find him. <laughs> he got caught after eight days. Oh, man. Uh, so then he... <laughs> so the Italians essentially 
like realize he's a they they know they're about to quit the war yeah. and he's like a high profile POW so they like negotiate a, a prisoner swap. Okay. So then Churchill makes him Churchill's personal representative to China from 1943 China. to 1947. Gosh. This guy is wild wildlife. He was in Chiang Kai-shek. Chiang um, Kai-shek. And he uh, imagined yeah. a country full of whimsical little people with quaint customs who carved lovely jade ornaments and worshipped their grandmothers. However, <laughs> God. That, was, wow. that was his impression of what he thought China would be. Okay. Once he was there, he said, two things struck me forcibly. The first was the <laughs> amount of sheer hard work the people were doing, and the second... The size. Uh, well edit their children uh and the second was their cheerfulness in doing it okay so he meets mao 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 zedong the at a dinner and (laughs) memorably he interrupted his propaganda speech to criticize him for holding back from fighting the japanese for domestic political reasons wow bold yeah how does he eat he doesn't have one arm and the other one doesn't have fingers on it right Unless oh. he pulled the fingers off of the arm that Using also had to go. Well, no, because earlier yeah. when the soldier talked about what he looked like, uh, he said he what is it? Maybe he's like a Joey Chestnut. Well, how would how would he face in? <laughs> how would he fire a revolver with his good arm if he yeah, maybe stab right, people with a pen? I think he probably lost the one arm because he had to rip his fingers off, and they're like, "We got to take the." We're whole just thing gonna have off. to rip this whole arm. He's off. like, "I'll save." You. I'll save you. I'll just rip that off too. He yeah. had to have fingers on his good arm. Yeah, to salute. To f- yeah, and to f- <laughs> to salute. All uh, right. He also so he was present and participated in the uh, Japanese surrender, uh, World War Two. What? Yeah, he was there. Just a random Belgian dude on board the. Missouri? Well, no. At this point, he had been in the British yeah. Army for. <laughs> 50 years no one cares that he's belgian <laughs> yeah that that, would, that ship had sailed a long time ago wow so he retires in october i imagine him riding one of the bombs down <laughs> yeah. with the cowboy hats yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, <"Yee-haw!"> so oh, man <laughs> He retires in October 1947, okay. uh, what, at age uh, 67, uh, 60 plus, with the yeah. honorary rank of lieutenant general. Gosh. In route home from <laughs> retirement, oh, in route, uh, he's in French Indochina. He stops in at Rangoon as the guest Ooh, of the... Good. Yeah. Yeah, a lot of yeah. crap. Uh, guest of the army commander, falls down the stairs, slips on coconut matting, Broke several vertebrae and knocked himself unconscious. He slipped on a coconut husk. That matting. 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 What is it? Like coconut a, matting. A rug. Made oh, of coconut. Oh, okay, made of coconut. So it's um, like... Survives. Of course. <laughs> 1949. He be killed. His wife dies. Two years later, he's 71. He marries Ruth, Ruth Myrtle Muriel Joan McKechnie. Wow. Uh, a.k.a. Joan Sutherland. A lot of names back then. Wait. Okay, go ahead. Who was 23 years younger than him. Uh, she, okay. she died in 2006 at wow. the age of 102. My goodness. Wait, uh, is Carton, he still alive? Carton DeWart died at the age of 83 in 1963. Is he still alive? He'd be 140. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. For this guy, it's I'm surprised like... he wasn't at 9-11. <laughs> 
We don't know that he wasn't. Yeah, you can't prove that. Uh, that is the story of Carton DeWart. Sir Adrian Paul Gisling Carton DeWart. <laughs> wow. Probably you... the most uh, I would injured? have to assume. Yeah, injured soldier <laughs> that ever lived. How did you hear about this guy? I saw a random Wikipedia <laughs> article about the yeah. guy. Or no, I saw some, I don't remember exactly what it was. It was it was a cold afternoon of sitting on the floor of my old house <laughs> i was scrolling twitter and somebody yeah. said something about a guy with like uh, an eye patch and one arm and escaped a pow camp and Man. i was like i've got to look this guy up and yeah. i sent it to russ <clears throat> and wow. i was like sounds right this guy's bananas Dude. and so let me tell you what i was originally gonna yeah. do so the original i was gonna do charles mcneil today what he pulled his fingers off <laughs> he, pulled his fingers he did off. He yeah did. we're just like uh, yeah, i got blisters on my fingers <laughs> Um, just pull your fingers off. The original story I was going to do, I couldn't find enough backstory about the guy outside of his adult life, so I didn't think it was going to be long enough. Yeah. But uh, Charles McNeil, uh, he was JFK's high school uh, math teacher. Okay. Mm-hmm. Is the man. At Choate? At Choate? Yeah. At Choate. Uh, <laughs> he went on to invent uh, the point spread in sports oh, betting. Oh, yeah. Okay. Um, huh. and, yeah and he wrote at, that movie Moneyball. And I thought it was interesting. That has nothing to do with sports betting. The, <laughs> I know. <laughs> I thought it was going to be an interesting story, but I really couldn't find anything out about him, like really when he taught or much of his yeah. early life outside of like he was really into football, but he was six foot and 138 pounds. Ooh. <laughs> Gosh, that's a lanky person. Yeah. Yeah. So it was hard to play football. So he becomes like a mathematics wizard and invents point spreading. He was wow. really big, uh, good friends with some really famous football coach. I think his name was like Skuggs from the University of Chicago. And he never, till his dying day, told him that he invented sports betting, basically, because wow. he knew he'd get pissed off. Okay. So What was his name? Charles McNeil? Charles McNeil. Okay. Wow. I like Not the... as cool of a story as Gosh, Adrian DeWart. That is we wild. Are, yeah. For a Belgian. Um, <laughs> Turn Brit. For a Belgian. <laughs> yeah. 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 How did he die? Well, I... <laughs> I didn't, I didn't, it didn't say. Just sheer exhaustion. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, I've, it's been 20 years since I've had a war. This is boring. <laughs> I think I'm I'll done. die today. We're done here. Yeah. We're done. End credits. Yeah. Oh man, Blaine, that, that was enjoyable. They had light rail in Cairo in 1906. Well, there you go. That's, That's what his crazy, dad did. Man. Light. That's nutty. What, you, what, what is, <laughs> what does light rail mean? That means like, um. You know, like train, there, like a okay. electrified train. Gotcha. But that presupposes the existence of heavy rail. Yeah. yeah. What's yeah. that? That's your. Is that uh, the stuff that makes me late for work? Probably like, like freight, probably. maybe. Yeah, that's heavy maybe rail. light rail is passenger. Mm. Oh, heavy that's rail a good is point. I have heard yeah. the. Ter- I mean, I'm obviously familiar with the term light sure, rail, sure, but I've always yeah. wondered why. If there's no heavy rail, yeah. why are we calling something Why are we calling light it light? Rail? Yeah. yeah. Hmm. Interesting. Maybe it's like light, like an electricity flashlight light. Oh, that's possible. Yeah. Huh. Interesting. Russ, do you want to pay rock, paper, scissors for who goes next? No, we'll you take go next. a break. Oh, yeah. yeah. Let's we'll take t- a break. Yeah, we'll take a break. We'll do rock, paper, scissors <laughs> over the break. All right. We'll be right back. Well, that was a fun break. Uh, Blaine, thank you for telling us about uh, Lieutenant General DeWart. 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 Wart. A Belgian turned British invincible. I don't know if he ever changed um, nationalities. Why was he on the Missouri at the at the Japanese surrender? 
It doesn't matter. It's well, fine. he was Churchill's aide. Oh, that's right. Yeah, oh, yeah. naturally. <laughs> After he rode the bomb down. Yeah. <laughs> Just with the Such a wild picture. Throwing pins at people. <laughs> like LBJ. Be like Texas. Be like Britain. <laughs> uh, have you guys heard of Sextus Julius Africanus? No. Is that a Drake album? <laughs> no. <laughs> Nor is it the name of like a, a an, in, an insect that someone found in the wild. No. Sextus Julius Africanus was an early historian who proposed December 25th as Christmas. Oh, he's the guy. Here's the story. Oh, I thought... Oh, this, like this, this kind of takes some wild turns. He's, he's kind of a bit player in this story. What do you mean? Story. The story's pretty cut and dry. It's Jesus' birthday. Yeah. Boom. Case uh, closed. Boom. Off to you, Russ. He was born on Sextus December 25th. Africanus. Everybody knows that. <laughs> Duh. <laughs> um... <clears throat> We're going to talk about Christmas. We're going yeah. to talk about we're going to talk about why it's the twenty fifth. We're going to talk about some crazy traditions. How do you feel about this, Russ? I'm, I'm in. Let's, <laughs> Russ do it. Is Let's in. rock and roll. By the way, the first so every year on Christmas Day, we always just like kind of open the door to our house yeah. and like anybody's welcome. And Russ and his family have come in the past like, three or four years. That's cool. And um, the first year, he was like, I had to have a conversation with the kids in the car and be oh. like, just so you know, they're. They celebrate Christmas, so do not tell them what you know about Santa Claus. Mm, <laughs> it's true. Mm, yeah. I have to do it. I, yeah. You have to remind the boys? Yeah, around this time of year. Sure. Because yeah. I, got, I got in trouble at school Oof. when I was a child for telling everybody on the playground. <laughs> I just saw you in third grade, bald with a beard. <laughs> Second grade. <laughs> Second telling, grade. Telling kids about Santa? Yeah. Just spinning a dreidel? Yeah. <laughs> I love everything about that. I literally had that conversation <laughs> with my son yesterday. That's so great. Which yeah. one, Noah or Jake? Jake, the younger one. <laughs> okay, uh, so Sextus Julius Africanus was an early historian and church father, and he was the first guy who proposed December 25th as Jesus' birthday. He didn't do it, though, until the year 221. So for a long time... He waited. Yeah, he did. Years. He waited, yeah. So for a long time, it was just... Actually, it wasn't even really celebrated. Time's like, made up, right? Huh? Time is made up. <laughs> okay, so he was... Like 221, like... Can, can I just say, Sextus Julius Africanus uh-huh. sounds like a exploitation film. It, it does. <laughs> it does. You're right. Okay. <laughs> That's okay. the quote of the episode so yeah. far. He, he thought that he could trace back using the Bible, like the date of creation, to like... 5400 BC. Okay. So he's (laughs) correct. Really hit the nail on the head. So he's like, all right, it's, it's the 20th. They hadn't found out about dinosaurs yet. So right in their defense. Yeah. So for, for close to 300 years, Jesus's birth wasn't even celebrated among the church. Uh, the bigger holidays were epiphany, which, uh, that was the Joseph Smith day. (laughs) That's when he found the plates. <laughs> yeah, uh, it was on January sixth, which commemorated the r- arrival of the the wise the men, Republicans to DC. <laughs> <laughs> Wait a minute! Oh, that's right. It is January sixth. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so they celebrated Epiphany and uh, and oh. Easter. So so they knew that day, which isn't yeah. really a day. It's just a like fluid, like moving. Correct. Okay. So, so basically, the uh, the first official mention of December twenty fifth as a holiday honoring Jesus's birthday appears in an early Roman calendar from AD three thirty six. So, it took a while for Christmas to catch on. All right. So, there's a lot of different stories about Wait, why. What number was, is AD three thirty six? It'd be three thirty six 
Like oh, AD. AD. I'm sorry. AD. Yeah. <laughs> it just be yeah. Anno Domini. Got it. Yeah. Yes. That was the day Mariah Carey was born. <laughs> oh, I don't. I had to hear that song for the first time on my birthday this year. Oh, that's rough. October 1st. Good night. Gosh, that's early. Accidentally went into a Christmas themed restaurant that we didn't know about. Oof. Oh, yeah. Where was that? That was uh, when Minneapolis. You were Minneapolis, the yeah. marathon up there. Nobody really knows when it happened. There's a theory, though. That, so there's no direct clues in the New Testament. Keen knows. Huh? Keen knows. <laughs> Somewhere only we know. <laughs> God, that's good. Uh, a lot of people think that because there were shepherds in the fields, that it was closer to like a springtime. So oh, okay. maybe, you know, maybe like, like what we would know is like April. Um, some people say maybe in the early fall, but this guy, Sextus Julius Africanus, was like, we're going to go with December 25th, guys. So at the time, there was a Roman holiday called Dies Solis Invicti Nati. Or Sounds like the solar solstice. Sextus Julius Africanus. Does also kind of sound like a member of Wu Tang. Wu Tang. <laughs> oh yeah, Sidja. Yeah. Yeah. Sidja. <laughs> this Roman holiday was called the Day of the Birth of the Unconquered Sun. S U N. It celebrated winter going away and spring about to happen. What? A lot of early Christian writers. In December. Unconquered. Yeah. Christmas going away. Winter was going away and spring is on the horizon. No. Well, if you're it in had Rome, just been conquered. If you're in, yeah, Rome. if anything, winter's like I'm here, boys. <laughs> Down here, day of the birth of the unconquered sun. Okay. A lot of early Christian writers, though, made the connection between the rebirth of the S U N and the birth of Jesus. The S O N. Oh, little homonym. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Action oh. going on. There was also a festival in Rome, but it's a homonym in English. Is it a homonym? <laughs> uh, it would be uh solis that's the that's the sun thing i don't know anyway there is a russian festival called saturnalia have you heard of that of course saturday okay my mom had a saturn it's the same it's the same thing my parents had a saturn too rome uh rome had all these gods well saturday there was a whole thing drive out yeah saturnalia named in honor of saturn the god that we get saturday for still to this day people would feast they'd exchange gifts and over saturnalia the god of Terrible vehicles. Yeah. <laughs> it was also, December 25th was also the birthday of another deity called Mithra, who was a oh. god of light and loyalty. No, he fought Godzilla. Mothra. <laughs> Mothra. There was a cult at the time. Yeah, there was. That was growing popular among Roman soldiers, honoring Mithra, whose birthday was on December 25th. Mothra. So check this out. What happens in the year 336? Who's the emperor? Caesar. Uh, no. Mm. Starts with a C. Constantinople. Uh-huh. Istanbul. Constantine. It's Constantinople, the yeah. Constantine. Constantine. Oh, so he's, yeah. he's Keanu Emperor. Reeves. Yeah. He, he the, there is a theory that he chose the date because he was a later in life convert to Christianity. That's a whole other story. Istanbul was Constantinople. That's right. But that's nobody's business but the Turks. Correct. There was a, there's a theory that he used that date as a political, political motive to weaken the still existing pagan influence where he's like, what we're going to do is we're going to make this Saturnalia thing that you normally are feasting for and exchanging gifts. We're actually going to just replace that. It was the original trunk or treat. (laughs) (laughs) 
precisely. Got it. So since then, because of Sextus Julius Africanus, thinking that he knew, I know when creation happened and when all this went down, Mithra cult that had uh, the birthday of December 25th and Saturnalia and Constantine. That's why we have December 25th as a theory. So... We're gonna dive in a little bit of how we got Santa Claus. You ready for this? <laughs> dun, 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 dun. So Santa Claus, man, we gotta go way back. Fourth century Christian Saint Nicholas. Uh, there literally was a Saint Nicholas. Uh, oh, the Beach Boys oh. song, Little Saint Nick. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was run, his run, favorite song. Reindeer. We'll get to the reindeer too in a bit. Okay, good. Uh, <laughs> he lived in some ancient Greek city called Myra. He came from a really wealthy family. He sold all of his possessions, gave the money to the poor. Centuries later, his generosity, and there was like some folklore of like miracles that he did. I had no idea he was Greek, but Nick, it makes sense. Yeah, Nick. Nick, Nick. yeah. Saint Nicholas. He inspired other national heroes that other countries would adopt. So in France, there's uh, Papa Noel. In Holland, there's Sinterklaas. (laughs) Wait, that many... And there is Chris Kringle in America. Okay. But in what span of time? Like St. Nick, what, not during his lifetime, 400. Right? No. So okay. St. Nicholas in the year, like, yeah, 4th century. He was actually... Oh, sorry, if you, 300. If you, this is kind of random, but if you, this is deep. If you've heard of the Council of Nicaea, yeah. that basically canonized scripture, yeah. Yeah. he was there. What? Wait, what? Santa Claus was... A- <laughs> what? It's amazing. Santa Claus helped write the Bible. Yep. <laughs> That's that's insane. Saint Nick was at the Council of Nicaea that canonized scripture. That is that nutty? the best piece of knowledge I think I'll ever have. That is fantastic. Yeah. yeah. Santa Claus Santa was there. Santa Claus helped write the Bible. Yep. You heard it here first. On, or at least validated. I wonder if he just advocated for himself the whole time. Like, <laughs> what about, you know. What? Yeah, you with the jingle bells. <laughs> yeah. What's that stuff about the guy that gave to the poor? I like that. I, I like that. that. I did yeah, that. Yeah. I did that. that. Yeah. Let's keep that. He is the saint, the patron saint of... <laughs> there's a lot. Yeah, Throughout there's... Europe, he's the patron saint of sailors, merchants, archers, repentant thieves, children, <laughs> brewers, pawnbrokers, unmarried people. <laughs> this all is and, associated with Christmas. And students. <laughs> St. Nicholas. Okay. So I'm just imagining St. Nicholas on Pawn Stars. Like, best I can do is 40 bucks. <laughs> you, you mentioned the reindeer a while ago. So there was this old Norwegian tradition. Uh-huh. We're about to get there. Where they believed in Odin. Uh-huh. O-D-I-N. Who apparently they believed uh, had an eight-legged... Marvel Universe? Yeah. No. It, okay. well, Odin yeah. was Thor's dad, right? Yeah. 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 Marvel. Yeah. He's in the newest Thor movie. Uh, it's uh, uh, Sir Anthony Hopkins, right? Wasn't yeah. he? No, no, Anthony yeah. Hopkins. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, sorry, I'm thinking of Zeus. Zeus is in the newest Thor movie. Okay. And it's hilarious. Anyway, well, the Norwegian children of long ago believed that Odin had an eight-legged horse named Sleipnir. <laughs> There's so many names. There's so. There's many a names. J in there, isn't there? No, S L E I P N I R Sleipnir. Oh, I thought it was in J R. Let's put a J in there. Yeah. Uh, they believed that if they left food out during Odin's hunting adventures, that they would be basically rewarded for their good behavior. Okay. Are you going to talk about the horse one? Huh? The horse thing? The horse I thing. think it's Nordic, where like they have this, it's like kind of like Krampus, 
where <clears throat> we're gonna get to Krampus. A horse so like excited. comes to your front door, and <laughs> it starts to no, it's like a horse skeleton, and um, so it can't do that because it doesn't have lips. It doesn't have any lips. Um, horse lips just so rattles. It knocks butter. on the door and it like starts an argument with you, oh. and if you don't have like a good argument back. Uh, <laughs> What are you talking about? No, this is a real thing. This sounds like Rumpelstiltskin. If you don't have a good argument back, it'll come in and drink all of your beer. Wow. And so you have to be able to argue with it until it goes away. A skeleton horse with no Mm -hmm. organs can drink beer. Well, yeah. They can drink all at once. It's a mystical skeletal uh, equine. Like, that's the... I don't remember which country does that, but it's one of the... Belgium. It's a Nordic country. Yeah. Belgium. You have to argue with the skeleton horse, so otherwise it'll drink all of your. So beer. Norwegian children would leave out food for Sleipnir. <laughs> Dutch children would leave out food and ale, fruits, for Saint Nicholas, and today we leave out milk and cookies mm-hmm. for Sinterklaas, which basically continues an ancient tradition of Scandinavian people being really weird. Yeah. So. When yep. you're putting out but the cookies and milk for nation Santa, of people or nations of people who nations. like yeah. hate religion so much that they burn down churches that haven't been attended in 500 years. Yeah, <laughs> it's, yeah, it's accurate. You mentioned Krampus. Oh, this is crazy. Let's talk about Krampus. All right, in Austria, Bavaria, southern Germany, I think, Croatia, Czech Republic, Hungary, Italy, Slovakia, and Slovenia, there is Luca. what Lucas from oh, Slovenia. There is a beast-like demon creature mm-hmm. named Krampus who accompanies St. Nicholas. As he's rewarding the good children, Krampus is alongside him to literally beat you with sticks. <laughs> if you're naughty. Put you in a sack... And whisk them into the woods where he will either drown, burn, or eat you. Oh. Okay. Children. Children. Right. Okay. And St. Nick's just letting this happen. St. Nick is just like, hey, this is Krampus. It's his thing. Hope you've been good this year. I wrote year. the Bible. <laughs> I see where you sleep, and he's going to eat you. <laughs> There's something called Krampusnacht uh, on December 5th. What is it called? Europe. Krampusnacht. Okay. Krampus okay. night. There was something else fairly similar. Krampusnacht. The crystal instead of it. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. There's, there's Krampusnacht on December 5th, which is St. Nicholas's feast day eve. So the night before St. Nicholas Day, we celebrate Krampus, I guess. Young men across Europe, still to this day, and it's actually starting a little bit in, uh, in our country, they dress up as Krampus and they roam the streets to literally frighten children with chains, bells, sacks, and sticks. It's the purge. It's the purge. Yeah. And this is like a what? thing. Like people show up like, are you going to go to Krampus Knock tonight? Yeah. Let's go. Bring the kids. And it's just like teenagers running around scaring children. Yeah. And and if you looked up Krampus on Google, it's horrifying. Like the modern day costumes. It's nutty. Can uh, I say something? Go ahead. I've never been so happy to be Jewish in my life. <laughs> Like, this is all crazy. Yeah, it's nutty. It's crazy. It's weird. I think the real story here is that St. Nick was at the Council of Yeah, Yeah, he was. He was there. Santa Claus was there. insane to me. They've got greeting cards featuring Krampus that are called Krampus card, dating back since the 19th century, uh, that would say greetings from... Literally would say greetings from Krampus on it, and it would show him 
either super beast like or like kind of like a cherub like Cupid, like kind of cute with a um, sack of children drowning <laughs> them. That he's, does sound like something. He's often be featured idea. looming over children in the cards. He's also shown as having one human foot and one cloven hoof. <laughs> in some Krampus cards, uh, there's some pretty overt sexual themes. God, of course there is. <laughs> he's <laughs> Krampus is pictured pursuing buxom women. Yeah. All right. <laughs> Also, he's a sucker for schnapps. If you're getting taken away by Krampus and you offer him schnapps, the theory is is that he'll drink it and forget about you. There's you want to hear so about what they, what they do in Poland yeah. around Christmas? Yeah, I Here sure we do. go. In Poland. Save off invaders? Well, they don't really do that too well. Well. Spiders are considered to be symbols of prosperity and goodness at Christmas for some reason. That makes a lot of sense. They not only think that it's a symbol of prosperity, but they will decorate their Christmas trees with spider webs. Oh. Oh, that's where... um, There you go. What are those things called? Yeah, the little... uh, That you put on Christmas trees. Tinsel-y kind of thing? Yeah. The garland? Oh, wait, no, that's Halloween. Oh, yeah. Uh, According to legend, in Poland, a spider wove baby Jesus a blanket to keep him warm. One of the wise men was a spider. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But wait, there's myrrh. Oh. Uh, the Puritans banned Christmas because they thought that offering gifts or decorating trees was pagan, which doesn't surprise me. I mean, if you're yeah, a Puritan, it, you pretty much hate everything. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was, right? Didn't we just say all the of tree, it was pagan? 100% the tree like, is a pagan symbol still to this day, Yeah, where it's like we're using... This is also like the thing that like the, the foundation of holidays, especially like religious holidays, especially in the Christian religion, they're based on a lot of pagan stuff. As the Roman Empire spread, they yeah. adopted these, you know, from Halloween. Like, no, to, we'll make it good. Yeah, we'll, yeah. You, you get a present though. Yeah, we'll we'll do presents. Um, but yeah, it's it's really weird. Drown Just, children. And also Easter, if you think about it, we celebrate the, the resurrection of a Jewish man by eating ham. It makes zero sense. <laughs> yeah. Zombie Jesus. It's like, why are we doing this? Uh-huh. In the early days of the United States, celebrating Christmas was considered a British custom and fell out of style following the revolution. It was, really? guess what year we officially started celebrating Christmas as a federal holiday? 1957. 46. Oh, to get out of the Great Depression. Oh. That's a good theory. Uh, this was 1870 under President Ulysses S. Grant. Oh, Christmas huh. officially became a federal well, he holiday. He has a beard, so he does. Have a beard. That's true. Yeah, he was great around Christmas, the holidays. Just powder it a little bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know who the last president with a beard was? I should know this. Hold on, Benjamin Harrison. You got it. Is that right? Mm-hmm. Come on, who's your president? That was a while ago. Yeah. yeah. Uh, we're recording this at the time where I think was it not Biden's birthday the other day, and he became the first president to serve in his eighties, which I did not know. Yeah, yeah, yikes! Right, right. There was so much information there. Yeah, I've got one Christmas pun if you'd like to hear it, just as we close this segment and then go to Russ. So uh, we've been speaking a lot about Santa. How do you know when Santa's in the room? You can sense his presence. Oh, Jesus. I'm sorry. We're going to take a quick break. And then Russ is... (laughs) Yeah, it's a dad joke. And then Russ is going to blow our minds with something really funny. We'll be right back. Thanks for listening. Welcome back. 
reminder, Santa Claus wrote the Bible. <laughs> <laughs> Santa Claus wrote the Bible. In case you're just joining he us. He was there. Uh, <laughs> like rewinds, I don't know, 15 minutes. Some guy pulled his fingers off. Yep, by Santa far, Claus wrote the Bible. Yeah, so Belgian far, we've had a guy <laughs> that pulled his fingers off, yep. and we learned that St. Nick was at the Council of Nicaea. Yeah, pulled his own and fingers And now off. we get Russ. And who knows? <laughs> I do Ruff. love a good Russ story. Yeah. All right. <laughs> Based on what happened the last time. Yes. Oh, man. All right. Okay. So, Russ. First of all, let me give Russ a shout out because a lot of you listeners out there have enjoyed the podcast since day one. And every piece of audio that you've heard, Russ has... Uh, laboriously. Laboriously edited. You have an eight-step process? Don't pay attention like the first five or six episodes. <laughs> <laughs> one, you've just endured us talking about the presidents. Yeah. And then you've edited all of them. So, Russ. And uh, you came in hot yeah. in your last bonus episode. I did. Whew, yeah. Hot. Two amazing primates. Yeah. yeah. By the way, if, if you are, I guess, yeah, if you're hearing this in the in the gen pop, as you said earlier. Yeah. And you want these bonus episodes first before anyone, join our Patreon. The link is in the show notes because the community really is fun. And uh, we are on this journey of what is next and discovering where we're going from here. And more of these bonus episodes will be in Patreon than on the normal feed. So if you want to hear them, definitely subscribe on Patreon. Yep. All right, Russ, take it away, man. There may be one on American Gladiator soon. (laughs) That's true. (laughs) We'll see. All right. So there was two brothers born in Thailand in 1811. (laughs) Do you know what Thailand was called in 1811? Siam. Siam. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. These brothers, Chang and Ang, were the, they were called, man, I don't know how to pronounce it, but it's like Siphopagus twins. X-I-P-H-O-P-A-G-U-S. Anyway, Siamese twins. They're the original Siamese twins. Oh. Right? Okay. Yeah. And they were the cats. Yeah. They were joined by a five-inch band of flesh and cartilage that was nine inches in circumference, and they shared a liver. So it was like this, like, stretchy. What year? Uh, 1811. Can you imagine Mm -hmm. the first doctor that pulls out the first set of Siamese twins? And Mm -hmm. why does it always happen in places like Thailand? That was the first one. Man. But... Like, how did they not, like, just, well, we'll just cut them? Yeah. Because yeah. it's not so like the mom, they had an x-ray. The mom stopped it. So wow. they, I think they they wanted to cut it because the umbilical cord was wrapped around the yeah. the thing. The, yeah. the liver. The shared Ooh. liver. Yeah, the, the shared liver. Little, and yeah. um, she wouldn't let them, like. The sky bridge. She wouldn't let them cut it or whatever they did. She just yeah. untwisted them. Yeah, and he was like, you're the real mother. Just imagining. She she did. No, she really like untwisted them. And like, so they were facing each other and they survived. Okay. The mom did it like right after birthing these children. Gosh, can you even imagine what that must have been like? She said it was very similar to the other nine brothers and sisters she had. Gosh. Yeah. Wow. Other nine children. Other nine children. They weren't her brothers and sisters. No. Okay. No. She can't have her own brothers and sisters. Mm-hmm. That's weird. It's Thailand and Alabama. All right. Yeah. So their father was Chinese. He was a Chinese fisherman. He died when they were pretty young. And his mom was half Chinese, half Thai. The way they supported themselves was 
you know, selling duck eggs or something like that. Okay. So they were like d- duck hunters, like okay. until they were nineteen. Yeah. But I think they didn't have guns. They just like grab them. They, were, they invented the zapper. <laughs> So when and, so, and then P.T. Barnum shows up. He does later. Oh, oh okay. He for sure does later. All you right. Me? All so right. When they were 19, God, uh, there was a Scotsman named Robert Hunter, and he was fishing in Thailand. Sure. And he saw what he called a strange animal <laughs> in the water, but it was just them, like, oh, just you know, swimming around. Hanging, yeah, hanging out. Swimming being, around. Being bros. Yeah. I would constantly mess with people if I was attached to somebody yeah, and nobody I ha- had seen it before, just like wandering around the woods. I have a question. <laughs> were they facing one another? Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, they were. Did they have four legs? Yes, they had four legs. The only, they had they they all had their own appendages, limbs. Except uh, they were I attached at the liver. Chang was a little like like lopsided. Okay. Like he was coming off of his brother, but mm. they had Scott guys. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Don't mind him; he's a weirdo. <laughs> yeah, you can look it up. You can look up pictures of Chang and Ang. Chang and Ang. So Kicked by a horse went back straight. So the Scotsman Robert Hunter yeah. wanted to take them to America and, like, you yeah. know, yeah, make exploit money off them of for them. money. Yeah, exploit yeah. them for money. But the <laughs> King of Siam, who oh. was already familiar with them did not want to let them go because he was enjoying having them come to the whatever the palace and entertaining yeah. him cuz they could do like parlor tricks and what do we think that conversation was like between Robert Hunt and no, the no. twins like the first person that came up to the king of Siam and was like you won't believe what i saw today yeah that's what that <laughs> that um, the king and i right the king was and that I. the king of Siam wait that's the same guy mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I think that's. I mean, I've never seen it. That's, but I'm pretty sure that's a Siamese king. Yeah, I don't know if it's the same story. It's a king of Siam. Yeah, huh? The king of Siam kept saying no for and for like three years. Robert Hunter kept like asking and yeah. trying to persuade him, and then he teamed up with a sea captain named Abel Coffin. <laughs> okay. A B E L. A B E L. Okay. Yeah. Coffin killed his spelled brother. like it sounds. Yeah. <laughs> it's his destiny. <laughs> so no, no, no. Cain killed Abel, but <laughs> whatever, <laughs> whatever. He revenge. Oh, yeah. <laughs> With the help of the sea captain Abel Coffin, he was able to convince captain, captain the king Coffin. of Siam to release or like allow him so to take them I out of the country. Is someone able to get these people out of Thailand, and yeah. Abel said. I'm your man. I'm, I'm your able. Man. I'm yeah. able. <laughs> I am able. Yeah. Hunter and Coffin. That's a. I'm the king of Siam. I am. So they paid the mom five hundred dollars for the back boys. Then, that was a lot. Yeah. Of money back that's then. a lot of scratch. Yeah. yeah. She thought they were just going to be gone for like the weekend, a while, like yeah. a year or two, because she wasn't aware of P.T. Barnum. Yeah. <laughs> or white people. Yeah, just She's in like, general. There's yeah. other countries around here. What? <laughs> Yeah, so, we're surrounded by water. I didn't know. Who are you? What is America? What is Scotland? Yeah. Okay, so, so Robert Hunter and Abel Coffin. Mm-hmm. Take, so they became, they, uh, wow, you know, took them over to the United States yeah. and traveled around as like a freak show okay. around sure. the United States. Sure. Of course. And they would do like. Were they at that world, or the 1904 Olympics? I don't think so. The Olympics? Okay. But. 
No, I don't think so. Oh, okay. People would pay it's equivalent to like $6 now for a ticket to come see them do like they would swim, they would play checkers, they would do like somersaults. That okay. Was, that was all part of their repertoire if you went to see the the Siamese could they drive? The Siamese Oriental boys is what they called them at the time. Okay. Yeah. But they but I mean they were they were very intelligent. They they basically picked up English on the boat ride from wow. Thailand to the United States. So they they were able to you yeah. know well, they had a, a, a study partner. I mean, they did. That's true. They yeah. did. They were their own like personal Duolingo. Like, <laughs> like, did you do your lesson today? I did. I did. Yeah, it's, it's crazy. So Hold they on. did that. I, okay. I have a question. Mm-hmm. They sh- they were sh- they shared the liver. Yeah. Okay, so if one of them got drunk, the other would naturally get drunk as well. No, as we'll find out later, that is not the case. <laughs> okay, okay, all right, great, great, great. Yeah, you've but got me on they, the hook. They did find if you did like, <laughs> as we'll because, find out later, because they came to the United States and like people would want to see them perform their stuff, and the yeah. other group was doctors that wanted to like make sure what they weren't fakers or okay. whatever. They yeah, wanted to sure. study them and for like. Six dollars more, you could like poke the thing, oh, you know. God. Yeah, yeah, and they could. So if you, I'm paying that six dollars. Yeah. I'm poking the liver. I want to poke if, your thing. If you if you poke the middle of the thing, they both could feel it. Oh. But if you started to go like to the left towards Chang. only yes towards. Well, it depends on which way you're. Got to be his left. Yeah, stage, yeah. stage, 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 Chang, stage, Chang. Then one or the other would feel it. So they were they were original Corsican brothers. It'd be better if you went towards Chang and Ang felt it. Yeah, and then yeah. you went towards Ang and Chang felt it, mm-hmm. like the uh, uh, what's the Cheech and Chong movie. Yeah. yeah. Oh man, Corsican brothers. Corsican brothers. Yeah. yeah. They traveled around for a few years, and they, you know, like they were. Chinese in America at that time, mm, traveling yeah. around, you know. It's rough. The Via south. the railroads. Yeah. 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 Did they land on their own four feet, though? <laughs> they did. But they would they would often get into, like, um, fights. fights. With oh. one another or with other people? With other people. It was uh, like Street Fighter with that in, one guy. They, <laughs> that's true. Which guy are you taking? I don't know, man. Blanca? Is yeah. That what it is? No, no. He's got four yeah. arms. Yeah. <laughs> they were in a fight in Massachusetts once. Of course. Of course it's in Massachusetts. <laughs> it, was, it was like Lindsberg or something. Yeah. I don't remember what they were it was. Like, Get this four-legged guy out of here. But so they were they were uh big hunters also. They were what? big fans of hunting. All right. While they were hunting, they got in a fight with a group of hunters, namely one of them named Elbridge Gary. Elbridge oh, Gary. Gary Mandering. Yeah. Jerry yeah. Mandering. Yeah. But that was yeah. Eldridge Gary. This was Elbridge Gary. Elbridge, his this brother. His conjoined Gary. twin. He, well, yeah. he like created the path to right. Jerry Mandering. Yes, yeah. yes. They wow. won that fight because they broke his nose with the butt of their gun. Did they have one gun or two? I think two. But they just used one. Uh, wow. Yeah, didn't but they used him. to chop. Oh, hold on. <laughs> <laughs> When they would chop wood. One of them would put the wood out and the other one would chop it. They would use four hands on the axe at one time. And then they would switch hands. So they would be like, like 
very powerful choppers and they would like so it was like a cartoon yeah 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 it was a whole thing how would the i have so many questions about what do conjoined twins wear like their clothing like you could uh, well if it was in they the would middle, wear like whatever they wear, wear suits it would just be like a little hole right was it there on the side yeah it was like okay. on the front side where's okay. your liver at uh, I don't know. Mine uses I don't know. a lot. Mine yeah. gets a lot of work. It's like down <laughs> into the left or down into the right. But they were like, it's got to be lower back because I know like it's not in the back after it's... holiday weekends. That's what hurts <laughs> the most. They're connected. Like you can Google it. Oh man, you can definitely see pictures of it. But they're like almost side by side. Yeah, but they can face each other as well. So it's like man. front facing. Do not put an axe in their hands. Yeah. So they got in all kinds of fights. They'd been traveling around for a couple of years. Yeah. Coffin was their manager at the time. Mm. Took I mean, 15%. Man, they didn't pay him like anything. Yeah, I mean, they paid him more than like half a beer. slaves at the it's time. On the way home. <laughs> half a beer. Yeah. I mean, this is like pre-Civil War. Abel and his wife, Susan Coffin, were kind of their managers at the time. Okay. And Abel was a sea captain, so he would leave. Yeah. And he'd, he'd be gone for months. So See Susan ya. would be their manager at the time, and she was, like, ruthless. They wanted, you know, like a $3 a week raise because they were working seven days a week, you know, yeah. shows six hours a day. And they asked for $3 a week more to, like pay for their horse's food and she was like no they had a horse they had a horse oh yeah yeah they had a whole ru- they had a whole thing they had a whole routine i'm trying she- to see how they would ride a horse in my mind They're facing each other i assume yeah one facing forward and facing back yeah okay i mean they played chess against each other Gosh, that's that great. makes sense to me yeah, yeah. it does yeah, yeah she was terrible like she would travel in first class and the other managers would travel in first class and she'd in put them Pullman. in steerage yeah Um, So they cut ties with the coffins and then they started touring around independently and making a lot more money and they changed from... That's symbolic of them to remove themselves from that entity to say, we're going to split apart from you. Well, doctors would constantly come up and say like, we can split you apart. We can make this happen. And they didn't want to do it. Yeah. Obviously it was like how they made their living and they'd always been that way. Yeah. So They they were born that way. And Lady Gaga, mm-hmm. yeah. she was there. Yep, true. That's what that's actually what that song's about. It's about Chang and Ang. It was. Yeah, you know that behind the music. Yeah. <laughs> First, they were doing parlor tricks, and once they had a good grasp of the language, and they were touring independently, and they were their own manager. Yeah, their act became them like answering questions in like a parlor type setting. Okay, like, people would they wear so suits. They, so they invented the podcast. Yeah, they would talk about politics. They would talk about the origins of Christmas and, you know, whatever else. Sure, right. Primates, you know. Invincible Belgians. This is at the same time as this guy's fighting every war on the planet. Yeah, exactly. Wow. Susan Coffin wasn't super happy about them, like, leaving and becoming independent. And then when Abel came home, she told him what the situation was. And he tracked them down in some small town in New York he went there in a huff like he was going to kick the crap out of him. Yeah. And then they just like talked him. Well, here's our situation. This is why we're independent. He's like, okay, I understand. Yeah. But then he told everyone he kicked the shit out of him. Huh. This is where it gets good. As if it hasn't already yeah. been. All right. Okay. So after they'd been, you know, doing their parlor routine for yeah. quite some time. Juggling it. You know, they became almost like 
this is before uh, the uh, Americans knew to hate Chinese people. Like they knew to hate black people at the yeah. time, but they were still unfamiliar enough with Chinese people that they were like, "All right, yeah, you're still." We don't hate you guys yet. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. We're we're still focused on the Irish. Yeah. So they, <laughs> you know, you fought them in Boston. The other day. You get it. You yeah. get it. Oh, we totally do. They had <laughs> built up enough, you know, wealth from all of their touring. Yeah. That they were able to purchase 150 acres in a town called Trap Hill, North Carolina. Good for them. Yeah. It was wow. out in the mm-hmm. in the yeah. sticks. sticks. It was out in the sticks. Oh, yeah, out there. They befriended the politicians of the town and they were able to get become naturalized citizens because in everywhere else in the country, you're supposed to be white in order to become a naturalized citizen. But you're uh, supposed to be white. You're supposed to be white. (laughs) No, but at that time, that was done at a county level. You could just being white. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> no, but becoming a citizen, they could decide at the county level and they could naturalize you and you were a citizen. Okay. So they were naturalized in Trap Hill, North Carolina. Huh. They bought a plantation and they began growing things and raising animals in order to do that at the time. they. This is in North Carolina. What they year? They bought slaves? Yeah, they bought slaves. Wow. Yeah, they bought slaves yeah. and they joined the Whig Party. What? Oh, man. The... <laughs> Super successful wig party. Did they know John Tyler? Probably. <laughs> Probably they knew Andrew Jackson. Wow, did they? Yeah. Oh, man. Andrew Jackson actually went to, when he was touring He was like, Siam, you're not an he, Indian, are you? He met no? their mother. Okay, we're good. He met who? Yeah, they say that Andrew Jackson... Do you guys was, want some cheese? When, <laughs> when, he was, <laughs> when he was touring Siam, he met, like, he... Wow. Chang Andrew and Aang were that famous. Huh? Apparently. What? Yeah. He was still trying to offload the cheese. <laughs> Probably. Like, I brought this from the White House. It's ground into the carpet. <laughs> I so, scraped it off. So they were. So wait, he went. Andrew Jackson went to Siam and I'm met not these two sure moms. Yeah, I mean that was just like an aside that was in a Wikipedia article. <laughs> okay. It wasn't really okay. validated. Okay. All right, all right. But that'd be cool if he did. Yeah. Citation needed. Uh huh. Say, like, hey, I met your mom. <laughs> so they were slaveholders with property rights. So they were kind of like the. The upper echelon of they were accepted among the um, areodites elite. Elite. Once yeah. they had done that, they wanted to. They wanted to have kids. They wanted to get married. They wanted to. How? All right. <clears throat> okay. So the plot thickens. Yeah, they had tried like dating other. They tried dating other women se- separately. Other conjoined it, twins. No. Nope. Okay. Nope. Just. You know, they were a traveling act and they were very, yeah. you know, well-spoken and they drew a lot of fans. Yeah. And of those fans were women. But there was always an issue because... Yeah. You know, Who gets to... Yeah. Yeah. And the, yeah, they had neighbors, two sisters okay. named Sarah and Adelaide Yates. So... Huh. Okay. Sarah, who was described as portly, but a good cook... <laughs> Well, I mean, all right. Well, uh-huh. one leads to another. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And Adelaide excelled in personal beauty. So, wow. yeah. Huh. So they got married. Ing married Sarah, the portly cook, and Chang married Adelaide, the the pretty one, excelled Gosh. in personal beauty. How mm-hmm. does that work? That is 
the nation was in an uproar. Like this, <laughs> this was how, do, how does uh, a wedding night? How does that work? I'll tell you. Okay. As much as I could figure out, because of course that is everybody's first question. Yeah. yeah. It is. What's Aang going to do when Chang is hooking up with Sarah? Or so Adelaide who or lasts longer? Yeah. Oh boy. <laughs> so they built a bed for four. Right. Sure. Mm-hmm. This is getting really sister wivesy. Uh huh. And. I don't know where their exact placement was, okay. but it would be, you know, like Sarah, Aang, Chang, Adelaide. Yeah. The women on the outside, the guys in the middle. Okay. Right. They ended up having uh, a total finals. of 22 kids. Holy what? Yeah. Aang uh, and Sarah had 12 kids. Chang and Adelaide had 10. I think some died young, yeah. but for the most part, they they were pumping out kids. Good night. Yeah. Separate kids. Separate kids. All the but kids were separate. Is this yeah. condition genetic? Uh, apparently not. Man. Okay. Wow. But they were very. These kids were real close in age, like yeah. born like months apart or weeks apart. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Well, yeah. I mean, you gotta set it up. I did a little research here. Okay. <laughs> I was really trying to figure out like is there is there like is there precedent for this? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I mean they were the first. Sure, sure, sure. The most a lot at the time didn't need, there were other conjoined twins but they didn't survive long enough definitely yeah. to like yeah. you know marriage and children. We don't want to be insensitive to any of this but we are just mystified. Yeah. Everybody is. Like every article that I looked for this yeah. the lead even NPR the lead of the story was how did this work? Like, how did the sex <laughs> part of this work? Like, that was everybody's question. Yeah. yeah. They had two houses on their property. Okay. So on this plantation. And then they had an arrangement where three days a week. And one was the fuck house. <laughs> <laughs> no, they each had their own house. And then three days a week, they would spend it in one house. And then that brother would be leading the ship in his own house. And the other one would kind of just, wow. you know, read a book or do whatever. And then three days later, they would spend the other three days at the other one's house. Now right? it's my so turn. They would, and they would... So I, this wasn't specific to them, but uh, other conjoined, other conjoined twins... There's those two girls. Well, uh-huh. the, the one girl the one, the, with the two heads. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They almost, oh, yeah. They drive. Yeah. And they date. Yeah. yeah. And I think they share a womb, don't they? I don't know. What? Yeah. I didn't know that. I don't know. Anyway, I so they were connected at the head. So when they're banging around, the other one goes into like a fugue state. <laughs> when they're banging like around. Like a self induced fugue state. They will just completely disassociate. Yeah, disassociate yeah. themselves <sighs> while the act is happening. Wow. I don't know. Maybe sometimes it was at the same time. Like I don't know. It gets super There's weird. no way they didn't party. <laughs> no, they were partying. They were definitely partying. Every once in a while. Uh, yeah. Yeah. But more than anything, the South was cool with them. Huh. What? But it was the Northern newspapers that were like condemning the marriage as, wow. I think they call it a bestial or something like that. It was the Northern newspapers that were really condemning wow. all okay. of this. Yeah. Huh. Um, but they were, you know, they were high society. They said that they spoke English fluently and had filed had filed criminal charges against several white people. Oh, wow. Right? Like, yeah. 
That's pretty good. Wow, yeah. Changanang. Yeah, wow, Changanang. Yeah, so they had 18 slaves. They were running a plantation, livestock, all that stuff. Oh, I already told you about the chopping wood with the four hands. Yeah, that's yeah. And they alternate hands when they were swinging. Yeah, yeah. they were a machine. Yeah, clearly. Imagine the power. The coordination. Uh, 22 kids, that's a machine. That is a lot. <laughs> and then the Civil War happened. And they each had and kids. And one fought were... for the North and one fought for the South. <laughs> well, that was the... Well, that's... Traveled the... along the border the entire time. <laughs> no, but they were very famous at the time. And newspapers would... Since they were in North Carolina... Yeah. They would come up with stories that... Of that exactly. Like one of them... There was a story that one of them wanted to paint the band black in support of... I don't know what... Whatever black was. Anyway, yeah. there were there was a lot of stories where they were fighting against each other because huh. one wanted the north oh, and yeah. one wanted the south. Was all propaganda though? Yeah. Okay. Well, it was uh, all made up. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. the wife, mm, the wives didn't get along. The sisters didn't uh, get along after a while. Yeah. And that's when they, they in the same bed. Yeah. Yeah. They that's when they bought another plantation entirely in a town called Mount Airy because the sisters didn't want to live. Anywhere close to each other, the brothers split all their their <clears throat> stuff up. Okay, I get that. So the sisters at one point wouldn't follow Chang and Ang around to go to the other house. They yeah. had their own cribs. Yeah, they didn't yeah. want to be near okay. each other at okay. all. So okay, yeah. So maybe they didn't party. Yeah, but they the I think they party. There's probably there's probably some probably, there's probably some, some stuff. There's probably yeah. some stuff. So where's that, PC Bartum coming? Oh, right now. So. <laughs> okay. Civil War happened. Yeah. During the Civil War, they had, because they had quite a bit of money, they had lent out quite a bit of money. I don't know if it was to the war effort or to other yeah. people that were suffering from it, but they were paid back in Confederate currency, which oh. was worthless. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So they had 22 was kids. The Confederacy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And they had <laughs> to emancipate all their slaves. So they went back out on the road. They went touring with their children. Mad Men lasted longer than the Confederacy. <laughs> yeah. That's a good point. Yeah, it really did. <clears throat> okay. So they were like, all right, let, we got to go back to showbiz. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they were touring around and they were with. <laughs> Just the, so happens Hugh Jackman's in town. <laughs> <laughs> well, this is the greatest show. They were in. A lot of people think that P.T. Barnum like discovered them, but it wasn't the case. They were competitors of his at the yeah. time. Okay. So they worked for him for a few months. They joined P.T. Barnum in New York as like a residency with Zip the Pinhead. Okay. Yeah, and he, people would come. Like he would write with his head? Yeah, I don't know. Or was he like or a Hellraiser? stick pins in it? I don't know. He could have been a Hellraiser. Did or he, he just could have, have been a, like a smaller a, head? He could have been like a, like a oh, Zika yeah. baby. Yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah. Okay, sure. Yeah. Beetlejuice. Beetlejuice. <laughs> yeah. So they emancipated all their slaves. They worked with P.T. Barnum, but it wasn't for that long. Like he didn't take advantage. They took advantage of him. They toured all over Europe, all over Russia, Asia. They never went back to see their mom, though. She thought they were dead. Mm. Like she had no idea that they were still alive. Coming back from their tour of the other continents, Chang's right side was paralyzed by a stroke. Okay. So (laughs) that's the connecting side. Yep. Chang was on the Chang left. Chang was on the right. Stage Chang. Stage was on Chang. the left. Yeah, stage Chang. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it was paralyzed by a stroke. After that, his inner leg had to be in a sling. Okay. He also became a heavy drinker. Okay. Okay. So there was a lot of times where <clears throat> where Aang would have to like 
Yeah. He wouldn't Pull, get drunk. Drag him out yeah, of the bar. He, yeah, he was yeah, he would like drag him. He'd have to drag him drunk places. Wow. <laughs> right? Wow. That's pretty terrible. Yeah. That can't be fun. And then uh that can't be fun. Chang contracted bronchitis. Mm-hmm. And, and ain't nobody got and time. Ain't nobody got time for that. Yeah. <laughs> you beat me to it. It's okay. We were both thinking it. <laughs> the doctor said that he needs to stay inside. He needs to get rest. Otherwise, it's going to get worse. Yeah. But it was day three. So on day three, you got to switch houses. And it was oh. Just- it was in the middle of winter. He's like, listen, this is the agreement. So Aang like dragged him through the snow over to his house, right? And then kicking and screaming. Uh-huh. And then the next day, Aang's son came in the room. Okay. And he was like, uh, Uncle Chang is dead. So his brother oh, had geez. died from complications Dude. from the bronchitis. bronchitis okay. And I imagine the That would have to be horrifying. Yeah. Okay. And then... Oh, my God. And then all Aang said was, then I am going. And Aang died two hours later. What? They were 62 years old. Wait, 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 wait. So he just decided to die? No, I think they think it was lack of a circulatory. Okay. Because he was pumping blood over there, but it wasn't coming back. Yeah, okay. So, yeah. Gosh, that's tragic. It's wild, right? Okay. Wow. Yeah. Chang and Aang. Chang and Aang. They have a last name? Oh, they, yeah, they actually took on the surname of Bunker. Chang okay. and Ang Bunker. Okay. Mm. All right. They liked all in the family. Man, that's <laughs> wild. That is absolutely a wild story. It's wild. It, it, I wonder when Siamese, when the, when the term <laughs> became conjoined. The, at the, the piano. piano. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder when Siamese, when it became. Those but they would, they were would play the piano days. Man, they would have killed it on the piano. Yeah. <laughs> they used to do like all kinds of acrobatic stuff too. Somersaults. Like Look what I can do. Cartwheels and huh. stuff like that. One over the other. That's wild. They, yeah. Oh man, I would have loved to have seen like the, just the, the stage show. Yeah. Just the dialogue. A little yeah. patter between acts. Yeah. <sighs> Chang well, and Aang. And all the sex. Santa Claus. <laughs> and uh, Belgian Invincible Man. <laughs> Dewart. What Dewart. a wild, fun episode. Yeah. yeah. That was this good. Was great. Chang and Aang. Chang and Aang. Oh, gosh. Wow. Russ, Blaine, that was really fun. I uh, had a good time. Yeah, yeah it was wild. A We're having a good time. Yeah, we are. And to you, thank you so much for listening to this episode that is obviously not about presidents. Of the Presequential Podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Can you cue Granary right here? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. We'll see you again soon.